Hey there, uh, Cave Comedy Radio fans. Um, you're about to listen to uh, Sex and Other Human Activities. Um, my name is Bunky Houseman, and um, I wrote in and uh, got some advice from Jackie Marcus, and at first I thought it was great, and then um, I fucking lost everything. Um, so if you could uh, just know that their advice is for entertainment purposes only, you know, I lost my family, I lost my house. And um, I lost my career, uh, which was hard to do. I was a professional gambler. I thought that would be a thing that they could help me do, and they did. Um, so if you have any questions or advice you need, just make sure you email cavecarmenradio at gmail.com. Ask for Marcus or Jackie. And, um, or maybe just say hello to Henry from last podcast on the list because he needs, he needs your attention. He needs your affection. Um, so thank you, and enjoy sex and other human activities. <laughs> Uh, Welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities, ladies and gentlemen. Jackie's got dirty hair. I got dirty, dirty hair for this cold winter day. (laughs) Yes, we are in the throes of winter right now here in New York City. Uh, It's going to rain, what, six to eight inches tonight? Snow, yeah. Or snow, excuse me. It's going to snow six to eight inches tonight. Yeah, it's been snowing all day. And, you know, I see that we get a lot of shit uh, from other people in other, you know, northern states that usually get a lot more snow than we do. The thing is, the difference here is that everything, sh- like, breaks and falls <laughs> apart when there's snow here. We're not made for it. Yeah, there's two trains that have been stuck for, I think, two hours now, the F train and the G train. And the G train between, uh, for, like, half of it is just gone for the rest of the day. Oh, my God. Yeah, and even just, I took a car here that's usually a an eight-minute car ride took me about half hour just because we were just had to go very slow mm-hmm. because everyone because then there's still the people that drive really fast because they're fucking got a death wish <laughs> i don't have a death wish i was like i'll pay you extra to drive slow <laughs> i ain't in a rush to die today <laughs> i ain't in a rush for you to die neither thank you and i ain't in a rush to die as well. Neither. Neither, neither. <laughs> you know what, man? Last night, I uh, I watched a documentary that I can't... I, I found some information about this guy uh, from this uh, Everything is Terrible video compilation I was watching. And I was watching this thing, and Everything is Terrible is uh, these... It's this great internet thing where they just take weird uh, videos from around the internet and just kind of gather them all together. They find old VHS tapes, and they just do a great job of gathering shit. But it's all bad things? It's all bad things, but like funny things. Okay. And not necessarily even bad, but just some of it's just weird. And one of the weird things that was on there was this compilation of this guy in Chicago. And it was like, all right, it's uh, Friday. It's time for the Friday spin from Vincent. And then it would show this guy in his probably late 50s, early 60s, kind of balding, blind in one eye. Like one of his eyes was completely like just clouded uh half of his teeth were missing but he was wearing these really nice suits like silk suits that were beautiful like pimp suits uh and he would wear them for every separate occasion he'd have a separate suit and all it was that he was like all right it's time for our friday spin and this old man would just spin a couple times and then he would take off his jacket and he would twirl it around in the air and then spin a couple more times and they showed a compilation like over and over and over they showed must have been like 10, 15 of them 
And me and Nikita were watching, like, who the fuck is this and guy? And he was smiling? So, uh, yeah, he's smiling the All whole right. time. And every once in a while they talk to him, and then he'd make, like, a, a, a bad pun. He's just a master of puns. Uh, and he was just fucking wonderful. So we figured out, like, okay, who is this guy? And we check it out, and apparently his name is Vincent. And he's a local character in Chicago. Uh, and what he does is he does always does the Friday spin on uh, ABC5 or NBC5. Uh, but he also stands on this one bridge for the whole tourist season. And these boats, uh, these tour boats that go down the river in Chicago. And he stands at this bridge at 3.30 and 6.30 every day. And he'll wave at the people. And then he'll do the spin. And he'll do the jacket, and he'll twirl it around, and he'll do the spin again. And all the people on the tour boats is like, hey, everyone, say hi to Vincent. And we went and we found this documentary that came out about this guy, uh, about, this guy about two, three years ago. It's called Vincent, A Life in Color. And it was, my taste in documentaries is dark. Yes, mine is as well. Yes, we have, <laughs> we, have, we have very, very dark tastes in documentary. Like it goes towards Dear Zachary. You just watch the act of killing. So good. I can't wait to watch the act of killing. Is so good. I can't wait to watch. Which is this on Netflix, movie. and everyone should watch it. Cannot wait for it. Might watch it tonight, actually. But this movie, this documentary, is nothing but happiness. There's some sad parts. Yes, this guy Vincent. He was an orphan. He's had a lot of adversity throughout his life, but he's just. A happy person. He does what he does. He's a computer programmer during the day, and all of his free time is spent walking around Chicago doing his spin move. Doing the same <laughs> just spinning. He calls it my spin he's my spin move. He's I, I do I do the spin move and I tell my wonderful jokes and and I, I'm just happy. And some people think he's retarded. Some people think that he's crazy. Other people think like he has to have some sort of mental illness, but None of that is true. He does not. Sure, he's got some a couple, maybe a couple of screws loose. But it was so refreshing to see like a documentary uh, that was happy and a person that was happy and just doing his own thing, doing what he loves to do. And other people are like, you know, it's calling it art, like performance art. Uh, but the night, but uh, some of the people were dicks about it. I'm sure so many people are dicks about it. So many people are dicks about it, but uh, at least on the documentary, but when they were following him around, most people, when they saw him, they like, some people were like, ah, that's weird. But other people were like, Hey Vincent, what's up? And they see him every day. And he's just this fixture in Chicago of just this weird person that you're just happy that he exists in this world. And it made me feel good to watch it. Uh, it was kind of inspiring to watch. This guy that has had such uh, a hard life never really got him down. Never really got it down. You know, just he just kept going. Well, there's, I mean, it's just so telling of how you deal with th- things in your life is that anyone can live in the negative. We've talked yeah. about that before. But if you choose to live in the positive, which you are able to do, mm-hmm. you are able to choose that. I mean, you know. Not saying with mental illness and and things like, you know, there's a lot of factors to it. Yeah. Some people can choose. Like some people, if you have clinical depression, you know, like you can't choose. You can't choose to be happy with that. If you have bipolar disorder, you can't choose to just be happy or stable. But a lot of people out there in this world who don't suffer from that sort of thing, who don't have like clinical 
like illness, clinical mental, mental illness, you can choose to be positive. You can choose to do your own thing, and you can choose to be happy in your life. It's just harder that way. It's really harder. Ha- being happy is really fucking hard. It's so easy to live in just like a den of misery because it's easy to feel sorry for yourself. And this dude, Vincent, could easily feel sorry for himself. Yeah. Sounds he's, like. He's blind. Yeah. But he has an understanding of color theory that goes beyond anything that I've ever seen. Because there are pictures of him. There was this whole thing in Chicago called Cows on Parade. And it was all of these kind of cows that were painted up to artistically to look very nice. One of those fun city things. And he has, you can go to his website, just type in uh, Vincent Falk is the guy's name. Uh, and he took all of these pictures next to these cows. He's got glaucoma. And so his vision is extremely tunneled. It's extremely blurry. He has to put something right up next to his face to read it but he can look at these cows and he can choose a suit based on what will look best next to the cow Whoa. in their beautiful pictures that's awesome like, i want to see those yeah this this guy who has glaucoma he's almost blind yet his understanding of color is out of this world like nothing that i've ever seen and that's another thing like this guy like despite his uh you know his you know i wouldn't say failings but despite his uh, miscomings nah, yeah misgivings was it shortcomings shortcomings yes. and misgivings yeah. i i got them mixed up despite all this stuff this guy is able to live such a happy life and to be such a loved person by a city just because he decided this is what he wanted, and he was a, a de- like he was a disc jockey in a, like he was a DJ in gay clubs in Chicago in the seventies because he's also gay, uh, but that only comes it's great like it comes later on. He's like, yeah, I'm gay. Okay, yeah, <laughs> not even a thing. Yeah, not even a thing. Just he like moves completely past it, and it's just a man who decided to live his life a certain way, and he's gonna live it, and he does it in a way where it doesn't hurt anybody. Like, he's not selfishly living his life the way he wants to live it. He's living his life in a way that makes other people feel good. It makes other people feel happy. Hell, it's inspired me. I came to work today fucking booming. Wow. Right. I've been fucking booming all day, man. I've been tasking the shit out of today. Uh, <laughs> I want to watch this documentary now. You, got, you have to watch this. And in fact, hell, right afterwards, I looked for a good pic. I found a good picture on the internet. And now uh, Vincent Falk is the background on my iPad. Aww. And every time I, and he's a weird looking guy. Is he? Oh, he's real weird. Looking. I have such a vision of what he looks like in my head just from your description. Yeah. Yeah, he's got he's bald. He's got a weird shaped head. His eyes are always kind of squinty. Uh, he's got half of his teeth missing, uh, but he's a beautiful human being. He really wow. is. It's yeah, it's very weird. It's hard for me to choose to watch something happy. Even you saying it's like I want to watch that. It's like, but you know, there's all these other dark things. Because <laughs> I feel like I guess I get more sad when I watch happy things. You know, I thought that I would too. I thought that I'd get into like a kind of a bad place where it's like, man, that, why can't I be as happy as that guy? Yeah. But it wasn't like that. That didn't happen at all with me, with neither with me or Nikita, who both of us, you know, struggle with depression. Uh, both of us stopped. We like came away from watching and just being like, fuck yeah, man. Yeah, that's great. That's how I want to live my life. That's who I want to like. That's the type of person that I'd like to aspire to be. Uh, and, I didn't feel sad at all. Like I fell asleep. Just and hell, afterwards I watched a we watched a thing on Eileen Wernos. Another thing about Charles Starkweather. Another thing on this series of rapes in Toronto in the nineties. Didn't even affect you. Just I mean that stuff never affects me anyway. <laughs> yeah, but, that's true. Uh, but yeah, but then we but then we started talking about like the positive side of Eileen Wer- uh, Eileen Wernos. 
Like, that's weird. That's where it gets weird. That's a weird part of that. I watched a happy documentary. Yeah? Yeah, I can't remember what it's called, though. It's on Netflix. It's about a bunch of old people that get together and sing classic rock songs in like a like a choir sort of way. Wow. And they and it follows them through their tour and you get to know all these people, you know, it's like as someone that like personally I have never had an older person in my life that I have enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So I'm very <laughs> adverse to old people. Watching it, I mean the last like 10 minutes I cried through happiness because it was them putting on this show and like singing what they love to sing and like have them in wheelchairs. There's a lot of upsets as the tour goes on, you know, and it's so moving that they are still doing what they want to do. And like, that's what it is. It's like, it's like, I got the joy of life. I'm doing this. I'm, I'm living my life. I'm still having sex. I'm still (laughs) drinking. I'm still singing. And they all just like hang out and have a great time. And like half of them are dying. And, but it's just so, it's beautiful. And I sat down to watch it. Doug wanted to watch it, and I was like, "No, thank you." And he's like, "Just watch it." I heard, I heard it's really good, and I just got so sucked into it because also the music was damn great. That's awesome. They did a great fucking job. Did you pull it? Do you know the name of it? It's called Young at Heart. Young at Heart. Yeah. And like, I just did not think that I would be into it at all, and it made me feel so good. And then afterwards, we talked about like the kind of things that we would want to do to keep ourselves young at heart as we got older. I had like that kind of conversation and it made me feel better because I am unfortunately, you know, very cynical. And I could be a bit of a curmudgeon. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like at 50, I'm fucking ending it. Put a bullet in my brain because I never want to get old. Never that old because I, I, I fear it 100% and not of dying. I just fear of being incapable of living my life. Yeah. And you can still do it. Yeah. I mean, it's it, of course another thing depending on what is happening. And but half of them could barely do it, and they were still fucking doing it. And they had a huge smile on their face. You can't beat that, man. You really can't beat. No, that. and I felt exactly. I I had light in my heart for about two days. <laughs> right back to dark, bitter. But I, oh, I by mean, tomorrow I'm gonna be right back into the <laughs> shit. Like I'm gonna be fucking. But right it just tomorrow. gives you that little shred. You know, and it's like, why do I only watch things like the act of killing? <laughs> because the act of killing is so fucking awesome. <laughs> Terrifying with no violence. Probably I mean, going to watch that tonight. You have to. Yeah. Everyone should. It's so, talk about like the way you look at things and the way you look at your actions and how you can just lie to yourself. And even though you're saying like, oh, I have all these bad dreams of all the terrible things I did. And and like his friend's like, oh, you should see like a brain doctor. You're not like, <laughs> you're not, you don't have like PTSD of all the things you did. No, 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 no. You, you gave to this country because they were all murderers in Indonesia. Yeah, for those of you who don't know what the act of killing is, it's about the, the I guess a gang in Indonesia or former or army guys in, or something like that. In 1965, the, the uh, Indonesian government got, um, it, there was a coup. It was a military coup. So the government got pushed out. Military took over, and they gave what they referred to themselves as gangsters. They gave them the ability to create death squads and to kill anyone they deemed communist or anyone that was ethnically Chinese. 
Fuck. And they were allowed to do whatever they wanted to do. And it just follows them. And they get, they're given the opportunity to, um, they want to film, like reenact the murders that they did. Like some of the, cause they all killed people, like thousands of people by hand and they want to film it in like a grandiose, surreal manner to show everyone in the world, like, this is what we did. This is what we did. And the more they talk about it, the more they go through reenactments, it's just, they're so proud of themselves. God. Except for one of them, but you'll see. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Indonesia does not get enough credit for being a fucked up place. Like, they execute drug dealers on site. Crazy. Yeah. They just fucking take care of business, man. Yeah, but... Woof, woof. Yeah. So opposite. Opposite of Young Heart. Watch Young Heart, though. <laughs> young at Heart's really good. Yeah, watch Young at Heart. Watch uh, Vincent, A Life in Color, and then follow it up with The Act of Killing. That's a, that's, I'm probably going to watch that tonight. You know, I'll, the the lady loves shit like that as well. Because, you know, of course, she was the one that I got into the uh, Eileen Wernos conversation with. Of and, course. You know, whether she should have been put to death. We both think that she should not have. Wow, controversial. Yeah. Very con- Well, I don't believe in the death penalty. Mm. Which, that's a whole... Whole different whole, thing. Whole different show. I could give you dozens of reasons why it's no good. <laughs> uh, but that is not this type of, of show. Uh, so let's move on to our first letter for today. All right. And by the way, if any of you guys have any questions or comments for us, or if you want to email us about like a happy documentary that you've seen, uh, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. The dark ones, we, we know that. We've seen all We've seen all of yeah, them. We, we've, I'm we've down for some them. happy in my life. I'm down for some happy too. You know, like, yeah, I'm, but I don't like, like happy Happy movies. It's got to be really like an actual like fiction movie. It has it's, to be good. It has to be real good. Like up. Yeah. Up. Man, is, uh, that was another well, one. It's a I roller like, coaster. I was like, all right, yeah, watch this. First like 10 minutes, I was like, yeah, I'm in it. And then like afterwards, it's like, it's life, man. <laughs> it's just the circle. And yeah, there was a funny dog. And that's okay. I just hate, sometimes I feel like I'm such like a loser for liking that stuff where it's like, I know I'm an adult. I can watch whatever the fuck I want. But yeah. there's still like a weird part inside me where it's like, I don't like it. No, not me. Me, not tough Jackie, but man, yeah, I just want to, I want to cry from happiness, please, this week. Yeah, anything, <laughs> please send the news, cavecomedyradio at gmail.com for suggestions, uh, advice, or anything else that you'd just like to tell us about, anything, yeah. just send it to us. All right, here is our first letter, what should we call this guy? Mm, let's call him Sergio. <laughs> Sergio. Sergio. Hey, Jackie and Marcus, I've been plowing through the Sex and Other Human Activities podcast, and I love it. Although I never thought I'd write in, I find myself looking for advice. I was engaged to a girl I was with since I was 18, over 10 years, and a year and a half ago, she left me for another man. I didn't see this coming at all. I knew that I'd be depressed for a little while, but I didn't know how bad it would be or that it wouldn't stop. It's been a year and a half, and I still feel like a piece of garbage that's been thrown away. I just haven't felt like myself, and I'm not having fun in life anymore, even though I go through the daily motions like a robot. To make things weirder, I got into a relationship with a married woman who's in an open relationship, her husband knows, and although I have strong feelings for her, I know it can't go any farther than it has and will someday end. I'm scared I'll never feel happy again. Any advice will be helpful. Thanks, Sergio. A, I think it's completely normal. A year and a half, that was a big chunk of your fucking life, man. Ten years. Yeah, I, 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 
give yourself some credit that at least you are going through the daily motions of life. Yeah. And I mean, not that it's saying that like that's good that you are still so upset about it. You know, that that's not a good thing because honestly, you should be talking to someone and hopefully you are talking to someone because this is definitely something you have to talk your way through. And we've said that before where it's like, it's something about, you know, you talk to your friends and everything, but you got to get the deep shit out. Because also it's going to, you know, it makes sense that you immediately started, or not immediately, but the first person you saw was someone that that exact scenario couldn't happen to you again. You know, and that's why you did that. Because she's married, she's with someone else, and even though you have strong feelings for her, it's still safe. Mm -hmm. Because you know you can't get as hurt as you did. Mm-hmm. She's already fucking another dude. Exactly. Like, and it's, they, so it can't, it's not a problem. That's, also, the weird, that, gonna, that's the thing about it is that she's already fucking another guy. You know she's already fucking another guy, and you know that that won't ever happen behind your back with this girl. It, it is very it is very safe and very dangerous all at the same time. I think it's destructive, though. Yeah, it's very destructive. I think that it's, like, it's awesome that you finally have strong feelings for another person, but that doesn't mean that this is a good thing for you to be doing. It's Especially right now, not before you deal with what's going on with you. Because before you can start seeing anybody else, you gotta fucking get your shit straight. Because you can't give your heart. You, yeah, you have strong feelings, but you can't give your heart to someone else until you have it back from the bitch that fucking <laughs> stole it from you. You know, you gotta get that shit back. You gotta learn trust again. Mm-hmm. And that is just the fucking hardest thing in the entire world. I have been cheated on before, not by someone in that long of a relationship and honestly I read this letter and you know Doug and I have been together of course on and off for about eight years now and if we got to like even like a 10 year mark and that happened because that would be also completely out of the blue I commend you for have gotten going as far as you have and at least you didn't mention it without completely self-destructing mm. because I fear that that's what I would do. You probably would. I would completely, I would. I would have to talk to you on the phone about every two hours. Yes, yeah. Just, <laughs> just be like, are you, uh, are you okay? still alive? Are you, no, yeah. it would be, are you still alive? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, y- you know, it, it's... I think Although sometimes I don't think you give yourself enough credit for the strength that you have. I know. But. And and also I think that's also Sergio. Mm-hmm. Remember the strength you have. Yeah. You know, it's like that bitch is a bitch. And unfortunately, you probably still love her. And that's mm. the worst part. Yeah. And it's like there's all the stages of grief and you know, you're getting to the part of like moving on, but I still don't think that you've dealt with the denial part yet. I think that it's something that's like of dealing with what happened. You are having, you are, you have PTSD. Yeah. I mean, in like, it's in a relationship, in a like relationship, relationship PTSD. Correct. Like, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's something that you, you can't get over by yourself. And it's something that I feel like no matter what, it affects you on such a deeper level than you can even imagine. Mm-hmm. I think what you need to do is first, you have to stop seeing this married woman because the first thing you have to do is you have to learn how to live alone Mm -hmm. because I think that is probably what is bothering you the most and what's making you so depressed is that you had a constant companion for 10 years. You had someone that you could talk to uh, about your problems, about what was going on in your life. You had that for 10 years and you don't have that anymore. Uh, 
And you have to learn how to be okay with that. You have to learn how to be alone. And how to be comfortable with yourself. Yes, how to be comfortable with yourself and how to be comfortable being alone. Because that is something that I think everyone needs to learn how to do. Everyone needs to be able to be okay with themselves and be comfortable with themselves. Because I don't know. It's going to be hard to be comfortable with anyone else if you're not comfortable with yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and this woman, she's that you're with. She's married, uh, and I'm sure you probably can't call her at any time. And I'm sure you probably don't talk to her about things on the level that you talk to uh, your ex girlfriend uh, with. But you're going to have to learn how to talk to yourself that way. You're going to have to learn how to. Figure shit out on your own, but you're going to need help with that. Just because you have a therapist doesn't mean that you're not figuring shit out on your own. Right. It's just like therapy is the same kind of tool that antidepressants are. Uh, They're not catch-alls. They're not cure-alls. What they are is they allow you to deal with with the shit that you have on your own. You take antidepressants, it's not going to fix everything. It's just going to make it where things aren't so overwhelming to you that you can't deal with anything. It just brings you to a dealing point. With therapy, it's someone is helping you navigate the rooms in the house that is your brain. Uh, they're help, They're get, essentially helping you draw a map of everything that's going on in your head, the things that are bothering you, the things that you're hung up on that you may not even know that you're hung up on. Exactly. Uh, they like open up the closets, I yeah. feel like, and like rip out the old shit where it's like, remember you had this stuff in here? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I'm kind of going through that in therapy right now a little bit. You know, I'm starting to get more into family stuff. And, and there's some things that are kind of getting ripped out with like extended family that I'm not 100% comfortable with, but my therapist is making me do it. Fuck! Uh, which is good, yeah, Which is good. It needs to happen. Uh, but that's what the therapist will do for you. It'll allow you to deal with shit on your own. And you're not going to need, you're not going to need a therapist for forever. You're going to need a therapist to help you get through this shit, to help you unpack all of the shit that is stored in your fucking closets right now. Unpack it, look at it, examine it. uh, And if you want to, you can either store it somewhere safe where you can use it for later or you can burn it. Yeah. You can do anything you want with that. Whatever is good for you, whatever you figure out, what you need to do with those memories that you have and those experiences that you had with that person, um, a therapist essentially allows you to look at those things and allows you to examine those things uh, and take what you will from it. And also on a physical level, spending, obviously you guys live together, get rid of all of it. If you are If you are able to financially, I know it's a hard thing to say, like, what am I just going to throw away? It's like, but man, it helps. Get away, get fucking get rid of the couch. Get rid of the rug. Get rid of every, and you know what? If you live on a chair <laughs> and you have like a bare mattress, it is fucking better than having, you know, the couch you guys bought together, the pots and pans you guys bought together. Because even if it's something that you don't think is affecting you is affecting you. Mm-hmm. And, or if you are in a completely different apartment and she's got the apartment, she's got all the stuff. There's also ways of, I feel like doing that creatively of like, start doing something new, do something that you never did when you were with her, mm-hmm. you know, anything, like anything you've always wanted to try, 
Now's the time to fucking do it, man. You want to learn to ski? Learn how to fucking ski. <laughs> you know, you want to just like, you want to learn how to like rip down a wall and fucking put up a new wall. Like, I feel like this is the time to not only, it's like you're dealing with stuff, you're ripping out all the shit from the closets, you're dealing with all of it, but also to rebuild you. And not like make you over again, but just to find out who was in there before I was 18. Because mm. like 18, like, right? Because that's yeah. what he said. Yeah, they met at 18. Yeah, 18 to 28. Like before then, how much do you really know about yourself? You were learning so much. You were just like, you were a canvas and her paint's all over your fucking canvas. And now it's time for you to find your you paint, your fucking Sergio paint, and fucking splash it on top of it. Because she's still going to be there, and she's not going to fucking go away, yeah. unfortunately. It's just going to be something that you take with you on for the rest of your life, and you will get over eventually. But, man, you bring Sergio out, man. Fuck yeah. I say do whatever you fucking want to do. It's- as long as it's not, like, you know, heroin or, <laughs> you know. Prost. Prostitutes. Yeah. Like when you say, when we say do all the things you wanted to do, we don't mean like shoot up and go, you know, fuck a $20 product. Yeah, productive. Productive. Something good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Don't worry about it being a year and a half and still not being over it. I mean, man, I had a girl that I broke up with and it wasn't even this harsh of a breakup. It wasn't like that she left me from for another guy or anything like that. Like it just didn't work out. And still, I would say I thought about her every day for, I would say, two years, two to three years. Like just every day, just like something would pop into my head about her. Something would remind me of her. Something would, uh, for some reason, just put her at the forefront of my mind. Uh, But as time went on, for no other reason then time marched forward. It happened less and less and less. And now, I mean, hell, I think about her maybe once a year, a couple times a year. Like, I, I never think about her anymore. There might be, like, one thing that I remembered, like, that she would, like, really loved. You know, like, something like uh, anytime someone mentions the movie, like, Punch Drunk Love, I'll always, like, that'll always trigger because that was, like, her favorite movie. Uh, but... Those things are so few and far between. And, you know, and that was eight years, almost eight years ago uh, when uh, me and that girl broke up. Damn near eight years ago. Actually, it'll be eight years in February now that I think about it. Eight years next month. And see, you still remember exactly when. Yeah, I still still remember. I remember we broke up in uh, February of 2006. Like, I'll always know that because it was, you know, and we weren't even together for 10 years. We were together for like a year and a half. We lived together, yes, so there was a stronger connection. Uh, But it still took a long time because it took a long, it took a while before I could think about her. Uh, without being sad. Because every time I'd think about her, I'd get kind of sad. Uh, and then for a little while after that, like she just kind of pop into my head uh, and then she would pop back out again. It didn't make me sad. It was just like, oh, hey, yeah, her. Um, and it would be a little bit jarring for a while, but then it would subside. And then eventually it was just nothing. And even then, and I even saw her like about five years afterwards, uh, we ended up like going out, like she got a hold of me. She was just like, hey, you know, like, I, you know, she lives here in the city now. She's like, hey, let's go out for dinner and drinks, like just catch up. I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, and even after that, I, it was 
Like I didn't fall back in love or even or anything like that. I was just like, all right, that was cool. It's good to see her. It's about it. Yeah. And then, and actually, that was the only time I've ever seen her since. And that was three, four years ago. Um, but as time marches on, it'll get, the hurt will go away. The memories will eventually go away. But as Jackie was saying, the memories won't go away if your apartment and your life is filled with shit that reminds you of her. That will not go away. Gotta get rid of it. Like I got rid of all kind. I got rid of. Uh, she gave me this um, for uh, Christmas one year. She gave me this uh, Sonic Youth record. At the time, Sonic Youth was my favorite band. She gave me a record that was signed by all the members of the band. And every time I saw that record, it reminded me of her and that time in my life uh, and all the things that had gone on between her. Every time I looked through my records, every time I got to S there that memory would be. Uh, so eventually, even though I love the record and I really like it, it was a fucking prized possession because it was signed by all the fucking members of Sonic Youth, I had to get rid of it. And that is a powerful place to be in. Yeah. When you can get rid of something that like was given to you, that something that you still love, even though it's connected with someone that you don't want to think about and you can get rid of it. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's another step. Yeah. You know, you're just getting there, man. It's just, it's just little by little and don't, you don't have to rush it. Mm. You know, you will get past it and stop thinking about, like what Marcus said, stop thinking about it's been a year and a half. It's been a year and a half. Because then you get crazy about it Mm -hmm. because then you're blaming yourself. It's another way of obsessing about it. Exactly. And it, you know, there shouldn't be, the obsession should be with getting to know you again. Rather than remembering her. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you can fucking do it, man. You absolutely can. And it, it'll take time. You know how long it took me to get rid of that record? Six years. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Yeah, uh, but then that's it, man. Yeah. You got that, rid of it. That's it. I got rid of it. And I don't even think... And now my records are nothing but mine and my ladies. You know, it's like now it's just our records... A lot more country records than I used to have. ton more country records. But all <laughs> the records that I have, like they're, they're all, asso- almost all are associated with good memories. Some are associated with bad, like I can't ever look at, you know, my fucking Talking Heads Remain in the Light album, or my Brian Eno uh, Here Come the Warm Jets album without remembering that day that I did coke all day long and listened to that album over and over and over again. But that's one of your <laughs> memories. But yeah, but that's and, but your yeah, that's memory. That's my, I was alone. I drew all over my coffee table that day. <laughs> you know, like that was what I did that day, but that is my memory. You know, like I'll always think of, like that is my memory. That is my day. Um, and so I can keep that. I can keep that even though it is kind of a, I mean, it's, I mean, hell, actually, I was having a great time that day. It was a bad time in my life. Uh, it was a bad thing for me to do. Uh, but it's still, like, kind of a funny memory. Like, I'll look at it and I'm like, that, that was a weird day. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was, that was a strange one. Uh, but anything that is attached to her uh, is always, I mean, even if it's stuff that you use a lot. Like, I kind of, like, I'm not going to say exactly what you do. Because I, you know, you've sent us some stuff. I'm sure there is some stuff that you use all the time that she gave to you as a Christmas gift or a birthday gift or something like that. Something that you use in your work daily. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get something new. Use and something it, different. Use a different 
you know, medium. Do yeah. you just do something else? It might be your favorite tool that you have that you use every single day. But you know what? What you the thing that you love to do every time you pick up that tool, you will think of her and you will think of all of the shit that you did together, all the shit that she gave you. You'll think of every birthday you had together, every Christmas you had together. It's just going to be a flood of emotions and memories every fucking day. And she doesn't deserve to be in your work She's anymore. a cunt fucking uh, yeah. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you got to remember, she left you for another guy. Yeah. And that's not your fault. That has nothing to do with you. None, don't blame yourself for this because I'm sure you probably are. I'm sure you're probably blaming yourself for uh, what happened, at least partly, if not all the way. You can't. You can't. She left you for another guy. And that also has nothing to do with you. That is has everything to do with her. And I've said it on here before, and it, it really does help me with dealing with these kind of situations that every time you think about her or you feel like it's your fault, it's just giving her the power that you have inside of you. And you have to remember that your power is your own and she doesn't deserve any of it. None. She doesn't deserve your thoughts. She doesn't deserve any part of you anymore. And you taking it back is you taking your strength back. And every little thing you do gets you more powerful. Mm -hmm. Every day you wake up that you've gotten rid of something or you're dealing with something or you start working on something new, you are gaining that power back. And you will get it all from her. Absolutely. You will win. You will absolutely win this. And stay off of her Facebook page. Get a re don't be friends with her on Facebook anymore. Yeah, yeah. Don't just fucking get rid of her. Don't no one contact her. No, either. no one notices when you unfriend someone. No one ever notices no. that. And don't and actually no, don't even unfriend her. Just block her from your fucking timeline. Just fucking don't try to cause any drama or anything like that. Block her from your timeline so you never see what's going on with her. But as far as she knows, yeah, you're still fucking hanging out in Facebook land. Because I'm also sure that you're probably checking up on her to see if she's still with, with the guy that, guy that you that she left you for. Because you want that satisfaction of saying like, haha, she left hey, you know, she left me for him, but that didn't work out. Fuck her. She fucked up her life. That's power you're giving her. That's it, power you're giving her. It doesn't matter. It has it matter. what happens in her life from now on has jack shit to do with you in your life. You, your lives are separate. It's over. It's done. You do not share a life whatsoever anymore. So you don't need to know what goes on in her life. You don't need to know what's happening with her. You need to cut all fucking ties that you ever had with this woman in every way possible. And it's hard to not want to get validated. I understand. Oh, God. I know, man. I, it's hard not to get validated. And you know what? The girl that, you know, that, that uh, you know, I had the thing with, she got with another guy right afterwards. And it fucking killed me every time I saw him together. I'd see him at concerts and shit. Uh, and then when I found out that they, like, broke up, okay. Yeah, I did feel a little bit good about it. But Just that, a little bit. But that had nothing to do with you. That had nothing you know? to do with me. And I shouldn't have felt good. You shouldn't about feel good. It's nothing that Yeah, I, it had nothing it had nothing to do with me. Like it, it I shouldn't have felt good about it. I shouldn't have even cared. And it, unfortunately, it, after everything, constantly wishing misery on someone only brings you down. Yeah. You know every time. It's not worth it. Be positive. Do you think Vincent ever wishes misery on anyone? No, and he can't see. <laughs> He's gay and he can't see. 
<laughs> he's got a lot more to put up with than you do, mister. Yeah, man, and he smiles every day. We have to remember Vincent. Every day, remember Vincent. And I think that'll be it for today's Sex and Other Human Activities. That's that's our parting words. Hell yeah, man. Remember Vincent and smile. Smile, man. Go see a life in color. Vincent, a life in color. Go see uh, Young at Heart and go see The Act of Killing. <laughs> Just to round it all out. And you got it, Sergio, baby. You love ya. It. You love ya. Talk to you soon, everybody. Bye. Goodbye.